bonjour, and welcome to The French Way, the podcast about French-inspired wellness for healthy living and sustainable weight loss. I'm Karen Gombo, your French-American host and certified weight loss coach. So grab a coffee and a croissant and let's go. Hello, everyone. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Karen. Welcome, everybody, to this episode of The French Way. I am thrilled to have a guest today, the lovely Lisa Lovejoy, who is somebody who I have met this year and was immediately inspired by what she's done and who she helps and her life in France. So I've asked Lisa to come on and have a discussion about her life and her life in France. So so welcome, Lisa. Thank you so much, Karen. I am so excited to be here. Yes, no, me too, me too. I love this. (laughs) No, great. It's going to be such a fun conversation because Lisa is also like myself. She's a coach and she helps women who had cancer who are in remission. So she'll tell us a little bit about that. But she has also moved to France a year ago and has had a very exciting time in France, settling in. And so it's also something that we're going to talk about in terms of her perspective, what she thinks about France and health and wellness specifically, which is our topic of today. But Lisa, would you like to introduce yourself a little bit more? Tell us what you do and who you help before we dive in. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, this is fabulous, Karen. Thank you. I have been a life coach for almost 16 years. And uh, I started life coaching back when I was in corporate. Primarily, we're coaching all of our staff out of their jobs. (laughs) I was an executive vice president at the third largest healthcare system outside the city of Chicago. You know, I mostly coached people into their dreams, but I wasn't living mine. I was passionate about what I was doing, but it wasn't my dream. I took a look at it and thought, you know... I think there's more to this. And I transitioned myself out of corporate and went full into life coaching. I was doing that for about maybe about 12 years. And then I had a life event, a significant life event where I went into treatment for cancer. And I saw something at that time that shifted my whole niche. I saw a need to work with primarily women. I was primarily uh, treating with women who are going into remission. And when I was in the treatment center, I kept hearing conversations over and over about, I don't want to go back to my old life. There's a party planned for me because I'm going into remission and they're going to have cake and ice cream and, and, and alcohol. And they want me to be the same. And I don't want to go to my same job or I want something more, or I want a little bit what I had. But while I was going through treatment, you know, if, if we want to get real, Life gets very short, very fast. When you are given the diagnosis of cancer, you automatically go to worst case scenario. And so when you're you're in treatment, no matter what, what stage you are, what level, what type of cancer that you have, it becomes pretty obvious that you might not be living to your fullest potential or that you want more or maybe you want less. And that's what I was hearing over and over and over, but there isn't anything out there yet that helps drive people into the life of their dreams after cancer. Because what you want to do is is you want to share this with the world. But I'll be honest, sometimes people would look at me and be like, oh, too much chemo to the brain, Lisa. (laughs) You You want to do what? But there's a way. And there's a way to talk to your family. There's a way, you know, I I have a proprietary program that I work with women in remission. It's a three-step program. We focus on vision, developing those dreams, how to implement the dreams. I love my old strategic planning from corporate. We can put that into our life and design really a blueprint for your life. And then how do you adapt to that new life? And it's it's remarkable. So I, I work with my clients on how to do all that. Bottom line is find what lights your soul on fire and let's make a plan to do that. And that's what we do. I know it's tacky, but the name of my business is Mission After Remission. And the tacky tagline... I think it's great. My tagline is nice and tacky and I love it. It's be more than a woman in remission. Be a woman on a mission. If Mm -hmm. we are women on a mission in life for our dreams, for our health, for our wealth, for our love, it's a whole different prospect. No, I love it. I absolutely love it because 
being in this world of, of coaching and seeing all of the things that are out there and all of the different kinds of coaching, I had never heard of that. And I think it is, it's beautiful. I think this world needs it. And I could tell you're passionate about it. I can just see where the need is. So it does. It it touches the strings because it's, it's, you don't talk about it because you have the guilt, Mm. you know, there's already been so much money and time spent on you. That's really how you feel. And, and think about that. We would never feel that about our loved ones if they went through treatment for cancer or that, oh, you, you know, we spent so much time and money on you, but it, you just kind of inherently feel it. So there's kind of that guilt complex. How could I ask for more? How could I want for more? My goodness, I'm so lucky. I'm in remission. I mean, it's like you want more and it's okay. And there's a way to get it, you know? And, and what I loved about talking about this with you is it all ties into everything that you're doing and we're doing and my whole existence here in France is is because of my journey it's really <laughs> i decided to enroll myself in my own business you know it's it's how we divide or design how to come up with our plans and our programs and i when i enrolled myself into my own business it was a little wake up call for my husband cuz he's like wait what <laughs> Yeah, we had a plan. We had a a five-year plan to move to France. Yes. So tell me about it. Like, how did your experience lead to where you are today here in France? Yeah. I have wanted to live in France since I was a little girl. And people ask why, and I I don't have an answer for that. It's just, it just resides within me. It's always been a desire. My daughter laughs at me because she says, mom, how could you not figure out that that was your deepest desire. She said, your favorite fairy tale is Beauty and the Beast, right? Takes transplant, you know, in France, the whole thing. My shower curtain was this beautiful French boudoir, you know, it says Paris. I've got all these Parisians. Like, I don't, you probably can't say there's a Maxim box behind me. I have nothing but France. And when you think of France without really knowing France, you automatically think of Paris. I have a a photo of me at 16 for Christmas. My sister gave me a Paris sweatshirt and I'm holding it up and just beaming and full of life. So it's always been a dream. And when I met my husband, we met seven years ago, my second husband and the love of my life. I tell people I never knew you could love at this level or be loved at this level. I thought nobody told me this existed. Uh, He had the same dream to move to France. Oh, wow. Yeah, we started talking about it. We're like, well, you know, let's make a plan. And maybe in 2026, he's got a couple of businesses. We thought, we'll be settled then. There was no rhyme or reason to it. It was like maybe in five years. So we kind of had a plan, a little wishy-washy. But after going through treatment, after redesigning my business, you know, I'm working with women designing the life of their dreams. Sometimes they move. Sometimes they start businesses. They leave their business. They stay at home. They're living it, living the life. And then when COVID hit, we sat and, and started talking and we're like, you know, wow, let's let's do it. I looked at him, I said, let's move. Let's put the house on the market and move. He's like, just like that. Just like that. Just like that. So he's thinking about it and I'm calling realtors. <laughs> They're coming over. Next thing you know, we're staging the house. He said, we're moving to France. I'm like, yeah, we have to figure out how to get everything over there. The house, the car, the dog, us. And we did. And it was a year ago this week that we landed in France and made the big move. Took our furniture about three months to get here, but a year ago this week. And it is, it's such a cathartic thing to look back on, Karen, because I look at the photos. We sat down on the anniversary of the date we stepped foot here, November 2nd. And went through all the photos, the before, the during, and the after. And it is dramatic. And I realized the after is everything that we kind of knew, but didn't know we wanted and why we wanted to move. And it's lifestyle. It's health. It's living. It's everything we're going to talk about today. And wow. I'll tell you, it wasn't a dream. It's, it's real. You know, the question I love the most because I get asked the most is, what is it like immigrating to another country? What is it like living in a whole nother country? And my question is, it is exactly the same as your life before. It's just, everything's different. And it's the only way I can explain it. It is exactly the same. A lot of people want to move to create themselves. 
to find their new, you know, I'll be when, when then, when I move to France, when I move to Paris, when I move, then I'll be wealthy. I'll be happy. I'll find me. I'll have joy. I'll have this. It doesn't happen that way. (laughs) It just, it doesn't happen that way. And you see that because, you know, we've met a lot of people who are moving back and they're not happy. And it's, it's not France. It's, you don't magically change when you come over knowing what you're looking for. If you embrace the French way, oh, you're, you're yes. <laughs> which I absolutely love <laughs> when you, French, you know, embrace the French way, both ways, you know, way W A Y and way W E I G H life is magical. What you're saying is resonating because we're also thinking of of leaving Paris, which has been, I've lived here now 30 years. We we absolutely love it here. And we're thinking of moving. And it's it's a big thing. But at the same time, you know, I think that when you see it as something positive and so much, I think you have to be realistic about it, but life can also be so much better than oh. before, you know. And if that's your dream and you create it, yeah. And you're mm. you're you're moving to France, right? I just met you. I don't want to lose you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. We're moving to Southern France, Southern, (laughs) Southern France. Okay. So tell me a little bit about when you got here. So if we talk specifically about health and wellness, because the French way podcast, it was really set up to inspire women elsewhere. So outside of France to know that there is a different way that things can be done that the choices and you know the way of life specifically for you know speaking of you and I in the US there is something different that can be a lot more that can be i would say a- empowering or inspiring when it comes to health and wellness so if we talk specifically about that today what is maybe one or two things when you first got here positively surprised you the most when it came to health and wellness? Yeah. You know, I think what comes immediately to mind is the cost of food, how easy it is to feed your family. And remember when I'm saying this, I I do want to give perspective. I am, I'm not in Paris. I'm in France profound. So we're kind of deep in the middle of France. And so we don't have the, you know, the, the tourism costs, prices and big city prices, But I think what surprised me is how easy it is to feed a family. I mean, even yourself, but a family here with healthy food. And what what I mean by that, because this was, it was such an aha moment for me. I mean, literally we were in the, the store and I said to my husband, I said, you can feed a family of 10 on what it cost me to feed the two of us when we were at the States. It's low cost on the healthy foods. It's high cost on unhealthy foods. And that's dramatically different. And, you know, when I worked with clients, because we do, we talk a lot about health, obviously, with my clients, and we work on ways to economically feed your family with really healthy foods in the States. I mean, it's absolutely doable, but it's so easy here in France. It's just, it's so easy. And the choices, and when I say healthy, I'm not just talking about fruits and vegetables. And this is where it gets, Karen, I know you get this a lot. You probably get the, what? You know, all the time. I'm also talking about croissants and baguettes and uh, uh, I just lost the English word for it, confiture, jam, jelly, jams, the good foods, you know, cappuccinos. <laughs> it's, it's healthy here. So it's not yeah. only, I think I'm segueing into the other surprise for me was the second, the, you know, the second surprise um, positive is how healthy the food is. And I'll throw out there really quickly because I can go on a tangent the most dynamic difference, you know, yes, I get asked a lot. Do people really eat baguettes every day? Yes. (laughs) I could buy a baguette every day. It's just my husband and I, we literally eat one every day. Celiac disease in France is so low, almost unheard of. Celiac disease in the United States is, is, is skyrocketing. It's how the food is grown. So it's the health that's in the food. That's the biggest example that I can give. The nutrients that are still in the the vegetables and and the fruits and tomatoes taste like tomatoes. I mean, I bit into a strawberry, I want to cry. It's, you know, and, and, and it's, it's cheese. You know, I personally, 
I couldn't eat cheese in the United States. Without getting too graphic, I didn't want to be too far away from a restroom <laughs> that I couldn't get to within 10 steps. Okay. That's how, how my body reacted to dairy and cheese. Here, she, I can't wait for cheese at the end of a meal. <laughs> and my body takes it. There's a difference when your body is being fueled with nutritious value, you'll find that you don't eat as much. And what I mean by that is think about sitting down with a bag of Lay's potato chips. You eat an entire bag of potato chips and you keep eating because what's happening is the brain is still being signaled that, hey, we don't have the nutrients we need. Keep eating, keep eating, keep eating. There's also feelings. You know, I know that you you work through Yeah, it's part of it. Mm. But you don't sit down and eat six bananas. You have a bunch of bananas, you know, usually five or six in a group. You don't sit down and eat the whole bunch of bananas. You eat one because your body says, oh, we just pulled in the nutrients we need. We're good. That's what I found happening here. You know, I joke about eating a half a baguette. I don't eat an entire half a baguette. We do some other crazy things with it. You know, I'll make breadcrumbs or whatever. But I don't sit down and eat a whole baguette. And I'll be honest, I would have. My past life, I call it my past life. <laughs> I love my past life. And I love the girl who lived there because she brought me here. But I would have had the whole baguette. It's healthier here. And it's it's signaling your brain. It's okay to stop. So number one, you're not eating emotionally and, and trying to fill a void. Number two, you're really kind of getting what you need. He's like, oh, that was delicious. I'm good. Those are the things that surprise me the most. And then bringing that into the actual dining experience. That's a whole nother <laughs> topic. For those two specific points, because I think I, I mean, I, of course I completely agree. And my last podcast episode, I think was on the quality of food and the quality of nutrients. So I, I can only agree. How could somebody in the U.S. maybe tweak their you know, diet, meaning, you know, their nutrition, when I say diet, I'm more talking about their nutrition, their nutritional intake to benefit from some of, you know, what you have experienced here in France when it comes to the food. Exactly. There is always a way and it's not difficult. It's just new. You know, when I work with my clients and talk about nutrition, the minute you start saying organic foods, people kind of go, I don't know about that. It's just new. It's just something new to try. It's not difficult. Every grocery store in the States has an organic and a non-organic section. The one thing I have seen in the, in, in the state shifting is the price coming a little bit closer together between organic and non-organic food because there is more of a demand for organic food. So now it's easier than five years ago to get organic. When it comes to breads and you're looking at buying bread that's in a bag or bread that's fresh on the shelf, Look at the bread that's fresh on the, on the shelf. Take a look at labels. If you don't have access to fresh bread on the shelf, you know, baked at a bakery, take a look and start reading the labels. How much processed items, how much, how many processed items have been placed into the food that you're looking at getting? So as long as you're removing some of the processed foods, shopping more organically, even with potato chips, I mean, look, I don't know about you, but we all love some potato chips, right? Yeah. I love my junk food. I don't eat twigs and berries, as people say to me. You know, I love good food and I love to enjoy good food. But if you're conscious about finding the one that has 10 ultra processed foods put in it, or one that's potatoes, so a little bit of salt and some oil, that's a better choice if you want to junk out, right? We all want to junk out. <laughs> yeah. Find the place for whole foods. Even the grocery stores, you don't even have to go to an organic grocery store like Whole Foods. Most grocery stores now have beautiful organic sections in them and it makes a difference. Grass-fed meat, yeah. just, it really makes a difference. And I think one of the things that I hear often is, is people complain about the cost, but I see it as an investment in your health. It's prevention, it's an investment. And I think people have a very hard time with that. At least my clients initially have a hard time because it is a little bit more expensive, but in the long run, it completely pays off. It does. And I know this is going to sound like abrupt and shocking, but I get that as well from clients is the cost. And I'm very conscious about that with people. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, my cancer treatment costs me 
so much more than what I would have invested in groceries to stay healthier. And that's, that's it at the end of the day with, with insurance coverage in in the United States, it doesn't cover everything that you think it's going to cover. And it's not just cancer. We're talking about inflammation, which causes a wealth of illness, autoimmune diseases. I, you know, we talked about celiac disease, diabetes is, is increasing at a rate that's staggering in the United States. There's diabetes one and diabetes two. There's a whole discussion we could get into, but food is the foundation of all of that. You know, uh, Hippocrates said, let food be thy medicine, let thy medicine be food. And it is true to today. It is absolutely true. So it is an investment, but there are always ways to go find money. I love helping my clients go find money. (laughs) And I There is a way. And if your health is your passion, if you want to get healthy, if you want to lose weight, if you want to run a marathon, if you just want to live to be 110, 20, whatever it is your goal is, make the investment, right? If you are going to Paris for your life, you know, dream of I'm going to go to Paris and, 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 and experience the vacation of a lifetime, you're going to invest in clothes, bags, Shoes, just make them comfortable. Don't wear uncomfortable yeah. shoes. They don't wear them. <laughs> but you invest in that. It's the same yeah. thing. This is, this is a goal. It's an investment and it's worth it. It's you. <laughs> no, I mean, I completely agree because when you see, I would just encourage people just to simply read the labels because the same foods that you get in Europe compared to the US are... Here, you know, like you said, the potato chips, there's one or two ingredients and, and in the U S there's 10 and it doesn't have to be like that. There are other solutions. And the reason also why I coach is there is no reason why people cannot live to be 85 or 90 and be very healthy, but you have to be proactive about it and intentional about it. Yes. And it's not, it's not about how long you live. It's how you live for as mm. long. Yes, you're yes. exactly right. You know, have an active, vibrant life at 80, 85, mm. 90, 95. I mean, mm. we have so many friends here that are in their late 90s. It's 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 astonishing. I mean, we come across this all the time here and I love it. And yeah, labels, you know, yeah. it's, it's we could say rule of thumb. If you can't pronounce it, don't buy it. But you know, one of the things that's astonishing and it just reminded me of a stat. My stats are old. So everybody, please do not quote me on the stats. <laughs> Last time I looked, and it's been years, the United States had around 1,700 interdicted ingredients, chemicals, foods, dyes, maltodextrin type, everything like that, about 1,700 of them. And that sounds kind of amazing. It's like, wow, well, that's cool. At least they're, they're doing some kind of, of um, oversight on what's going into our food. In Europe, for France example, they have over 37,000 interdicted chemicals, ingredients, foods, everything else. So that is why it is just vital to read read the labels. So food is a very big part of it. Tell us about what else, what could you recommend in terms of what you've seen of the lifestyle here that could be easily applicable for people living elsewhere things that they could do either in terms of behaviors or habits. The one that pops to mind is, is, is very favorite. Okay. I moved from LA, from Los Angeles to France. And there's even a song about this in Los Angeles, like nobody walks. And I'm not making that up. If we were going to a friend's house down the block, like two blocks away, we'd get in the car and go drive. I mean, they would have valet to park for the neighbors that are driving to the house. That's, that's it. When we moved here... I, you know, we're in a village and it's amazing, but I kept saying to my husband, I kept saying, um, people are walking, like there are more people walking and it it became a joke to us. So now we see people walking everywhere. It's like, oh, look, more people are walking. So guess what we started doing? Walking. You walk to the stores, you walk to the boulangerie, you know, you, you, you walk everywhere. You walk to the neighbor's house. They move. There's movement and there's no elevator. So you are constantly climbing stairs. And the other part of it is, you know, they're moving because they're not so exhausted at the end of the day, because their workday starts and ends at a specific time. And I know this isn't 
100%. I know that. But here in France Profound, it's very important. At noon, everything closes until two. Because from noon to two, it's lunchtime. And there is no moving that. It's just lunch. I mean, everybody goes, it's beautiful. And they enjoy. They have their lunch, you know, we... We eat, we relax, we talk, it's joyful. And then some people just lay down on a bench and enjoy the sun. Some people go home and take a nap. Some people go for a walk and you get this this nature and culture and movement in before you go back to work. And then work ends. When it ends, it ends. And you don't take it home. And when you sit down to eat, my favorite thing is the food. Obviously, French food is so divine, (laughs) so delicious. But I attribute it to one of the things, my favorite vitamin is vitamin L, which is vitamin love, L for love, cook with it, cook with it. And here in France, people cook with it because they're not coming home from a 12 hour day and rushing to feed their family, (laughs) rushing to feed themselves and throwing something together, grabbing the, the frozen meal, you know, it's, it's, it's fresh ingredients, but cook with vitamin L because it tastes different. You cook it right. And then eat with vitamin L. Enjoy the time, whether it's dinner or lunch. What I love here is that we'll sit and have a full meal with a group of new people and nobody at the end of the day knows what we do. My whole life revolved around who I was in work. Nobody knows what we do and I don't know what they do. We have talked about the most, I'm going to use the word delicious things in life. We talk about dreams and family and um, vacations. I mean, vacations are important here and, and, and adhered to, and it's beautiful. But there's this conversation that is at this deep level that you get to know people at that level. We don't talk about our work. We don't talk about politics. Well, no, French love to talk about politics, but not in a, you know, and divide the family kind of way. That's the other thing is, is the movement. The other part is finding out, this goes into a whole long thing, you know, join Karen's program because, (laughs) you know, what you do is, is you walk people through this crucial element that you do such a better job than I do because you deep dive into it of why, not just why you're eating what you're eating, but eat to enjoy what you're eating. Don't eat to fill the lack of enjoyment in your life. You don't have to eat berries and nuts. And, you know, if you're healing, yes. With my clients, when we're healing, we talk about just 80%, right? Probably put 80% of really good, juicy fruits and vegetables, make them colorful and then have what you want. But here it's, it's, you can enjoy what you want. Cause like I said, you don't eat an entire baguette or you want to sit down and have a break, have a, a cappuccino in the morning with a croissant. I would have never thought to do that before, but I would have wanted three croissants, you know? So it's, 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 it's finding that joy in eating and eating does not become a supplement for what's lacking in your life. I think people are more, I don't want to just say goal oriented, but there's a reason for living. There's tradition and family and adherence to that and respect. There's this element of respect. And when you have that and that's your focus, food isn't your focus. So you don't want to eat a bag of chips. I mean, I look, I, I refer to chips because they're one of my favorite foods. And I literally would eat a whole bag here. It's like I have a couple. I'm like, oh, those were amazing. And I set them aside and I go out and I go to the park <laughs> or we do stuff. You know, it's that's the difference. And you can bring that into your home, wherever you live. I love your perspective because you're new here. And so you still have that kind of, well, you're not that new anymore, but you still have that fresh perspective. And those are things I think also that a lot of French people actually take for granted, but they're just part of the culture. And I think one of the things that I would add into what you're saying is that also food isn't good or bad. Oh, exactly. I love that. Yes. It's more food is pleasure. You know, there's so much time spent thinking about your meal, preparing your meal, making it look pretty, discussing the meal, debating the ingredients. You know, it's not good and bad. And so because there's not that good, bad label, I think that 
people think about it a lot less because they're not in that, you know, mind struggle or tug of war, you know. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. That's exactly such a perfect way to put it. And I see it clearly because you're right. We're we're still so new. And when I talk about that with, with the French, they're like, oh, well, it's, you know, it's just what we do. You know, I think about it and, and we talk about that. I'm like, if we could have had that when we were back in the States, just more of that, it would have, it would have really changed things for us. You know, when we talk about that good and bad and, and eating to feel your emotions and, and what's lacking, and it's such a common thing, no matter if you're struggling with food, if you're struggling with coming off an illness, it's, it's that constant, when you said it, they don't think about it. And it's, there's that other focus. There's that focus on life and again, yeah. tradition and, and the juiciness of, of meals. And, you know, with my clients, if there isn't a vision and a life to focus on, it's, you know what? Oh, my toe hurts. Oh my God. Yeah. Answer. I have a headache. It came back. It is, I can't describe the phobia that you can get into with that. But if you are living life, it's like, oh, I have a headache. It's like, oh, I've had one headache in a year. <laughs> I don't think it's anything bad. You keep an eye on it, but you're good. It's the same thing when it when it's coming to food. You're absolutely right. Because there is this focus in life here. Yeah, it's a great way to put it in terms of life focus. And, and I also, it's something I work on with my clients. For me, it's also having a goal having something to look forward to, whether it be a weekend, a vacation, an exhibit, or, but just doing something that's, that's not focused only on food and losing weight. It's such an important part of, of living is, is kind of what's, you know, like the French, just to come back to what you were saying about vacation, people say, oh, you know, my mother will say, you guys are always on vacation. Yes. But, but it gives you something to look forward to and think about and plan. And it just nourishes, I think, your mind, of course, but then your body just differently. And and you feel it when you're here, mm. and you're new to that. You're absolutely mm. right. Because when I will, I will butcher the word so you can help me with Karen, but uh, when you read, when yes. You, yes, there is a shift in the air you can feel here. And I wasn't familiar with the concept of that, but I said the back to school September time period. And, I mean, and the yeah. yeah, I mean, all of a sudden, all these event calendars were showing up in our mailbox, and I'm like, "What is happening?" And there's this energy, mm-hmm. and it's because people are rejuvenated, and they're mm-hmm. coming back with this restful mind to bring forth their goals. You know, eating and enjoying and and vacationing, and it's just making to enjoy what you want to plan when you get back. And you're right. Yeah. Yes. Everybody is always on vacation, vacations and holidays. I, I just said to my husband, there was another holiday or wait, Armistice Day is coming up and we had made a plan for that. And, and I said, you know, I think it's easier to keep track of the lack of the days that aren't holidays or vacation day. No, people do laugh. They, they do laugh about the amount of vacation, but it's, it's an important part because yeah. it's about being life focused and not food focused. And I think that that lack of obsession, it definitely with food definitely, definitely helps. Yeah, exactly. Great. So just a couple other questions, maybe something because I mean, obviously, you know, you and I were preaching to the choir because we love France and, and we love the lifestyle here, but is there something maybe that surprised you negatively about France? There is or not. It's there is. Yeah. I mean, obviously nowhere's perfect. Oh. Okay. It actually is hand in hand with what we're talking about. I mean, I could talk about the tailgating. That was surprising. I really don't care if people tailgate me. I never had my whole life, but here oh. it's like an Olympic sport. It's adorable. Okay. I, I think it's adorable. It cracks me up. But what shocked me the most is we have been traveling over here a lot before we decided to move. So over the years. And it was when we moved and actually when we came in June to do some house hunting um, before we moved in November, it's the first time I said to my husband, I don't know if I'm just more conscious about it, but it seems to me that there's a rising level of obesity here. And it shocked me because the French are notoriously healthy people. How do they eat all those baguettes and stay so thin? 
And that's what you hear a lot, right? But there's a rising level of obesity and it's, it seems to be a little bit more outside the cities and the cities you're walking even more and, and, and there's more going on. I sat with that. And then when we came in November and we really started finding, you know, where we're going to live and driving through different areas, even the smaller villages outside of each one, all through France, the amount of McDonald's, Burger King and KFC floored me. Absolutely floored me. Now, I love a McDonald's burger sometimes. And they have the greatest coffee at McDonald's here in France. I'm not going to lie. It is so good. But there is, so I started researching. I said, let's take a look at the rise in fast food. And also there was a difference in the grocery stores. There are more processed foods in the grocery stores that are ready-made and available, not in the delis, but shelf life foods. So meals, you know, like pastas and stuff that aren't kept cold or frozen. They're just on the regular shelves. There is an equality with the rise in processed food and fast food and the rise in obesity. Um, I went back and took a look at the statistics here and that shocked me. I, I just feel like being in France and knowing France, especially how they feel about food, that there would be more of a national coalition to keep France healthy. Because when you have that rise in obesity, it's not about being, you know, slim, French slim or anything. It's health. It's healthy. And so when you have that rise in obesity, there's the rise in inflammation and the rise in disease. So I have a feeling, you know, one of my favorite books is called The China Study. I recommend everybody to read this, The China Study. It is astonishing the connection between food and disease. And this really puts it together. There is going to be a rise in rates of disease, autoimmune cancers, whatnot, that are going to correspond to that. That's what shocked me really negatively. Now, saying that the processed foods that are on the shelves, so much less dramatically processed. Yes, um, they are. Yeah, <laughs> the labels. But it's still... Look, when you look at the DNA, you know, for me, my body would still go, hey, it's less processed. This is great. But when you are, you know, a descendant of French heritage, your DNA is not used to that processed food, even if it's a small amount. So there's going to be some, some kickback from the body going, Mm-mm. you know, another book I love, it's called um, Ultra Processed People. I'm a study nerd. I love studies. So this book is full of studies hang in there with it because the message is significant, but it talks about the effect of processed foods on the bodies and the rise of disease. So that was one thing that really surprised me. My message also to the listeners and also the people I coach is I'm not saying France is, you know, better than the United States. I think there's just things that are done that we can learn and take from here but I would agree that France, like other countries in Europe, there is an increase. Also, it's coming through the younger, I think, populations. You know, the food manufacturers and those companies are also targeting lower income households, yep. um, probably some of the less edu- educated people, you know, younger people who find it easier and more convenient. I hope France resists. I do too. <laughs> And I do too, because it's one of the things that I love about France is that they preserve their tradition on food. Yeah. You know, food is, is, it's funny. They don't think about it, but food is such a big part of their life. So I really hope they preserve that because everything you said is, is so true. It's almost like you read that book. (laughs) And I haven't, but I've written it down. Studies support exactly what you inherently know. I hope France preserves that. And you're right. It's not, France isn't better. It's different. And, and it's not just that you could you could take a look at the blue zones. You know, a lot of people are familiar now with the blue zones, right? There are different ways of living in the blue zones yeah. that are different from living in the States, you know, or the UK. The UK is, is such a nice young, you know, uh, melting pot and burgeoning city, but they're adopting more of like the US way of living when it comes to food and lack of exercise. And their rates are skyrocketing now. So it's not better. And like you said, it's not good or bad. It's just pull the good. Like yeah. I would just bottle up all these good, healthy living 
and and send it over and say to the U.S., you know, stop with the processed foods. You don't need it because they can have delicious food without it. It's just where yeah. we come used to it. I think that there's a, just so many small tweaks that you could make that would have such a positive impact on, you know, on your health. And one of the things that always surprises me is in France, there's two things. First of all, I'm not on medication. My husband isn't on medication and I don't know anybody like who's sick. Like literally, I don't know anybody. And when you go to the U.S., that is a huge part of the daily conversation. It's what's happened, who's got what, what their diseases are, the number of medications. The, the key message is that there is another way of living and people just need to make some small tweaks to their daily habits when it comes to health and wellness. Has that been your experience or your observation? Absolutely. And, and you know, and I talk about, you know, the people that we meet that are older in age and they're not on heart medications. You know, they're, they're not on, on blood thinners. They're not on, on diabetes, insulin or nothing. And I actually came off of all my medications when I came over here, like within six months, I was off everything that I was having to take in the States. And again, it's just, it's, it's lifestyle. And I didn't, again, you know, I love, I love healthy food. It's one of my passions. But here I can include the foods that you would think aren't as healthy that might have, you know, flour and wheat and, 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 and whatnot. But I include all that. And I still came off of all my medications. They, oh, they, that's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's just a healthier way of living and it's mindset, you know, it's food, it's exercise. It's, and you can do that in the States, you know, yeah, you can. Yeah, our family, we're talking to, they're making little changes with this and seeing big, big results. And so it's it's easy. And it, like you said, it's small changes. It's not this overwhelming. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a revamp and a rehaul of completely everything. But when you put all of those small changes back to back, it just makes such a difference. And I think just to kind of loop back to one of the things that you said earlier is, is people here, we have energy and the energy, you know, you can see it. And I think that just that energy, it just gives you in life so much more possibility and so much more opportunity rather than being tired and thinking about your health and thinking about your health problems. For me, it's, and my clients, it's one of the huge benefits of making those small tweaks. It is, it is. Mm. And, and we've felt, I'm, I'm sleeping less. Ah. <laughs> like nine hour girl. I'd say, I love me nine hours. Don't talk to me unless I've had nine wow. hours. Sleep. I sleep less. I'm between seven and eight hours and I wake up and the sun's coming in the window. It's like, oh, I'm okay. I don't have to go, you know, run people over today because I only had seven hours of sleep. So you're mm. right, that energy and it and it's what you put into everything else. You know, I've I've I work less hours, but more into my business. And then we have the energy to go out and do things and be there. And and Karen, I I made the joke when I came here because for a while I was sending pictures every time we'd eat. I'd say, oh, we're having a, a, a you know, a French breakfast and we had our croissants and sausage and cheese and, and all the amazing stuff with it. And at one point, my husband and I said, oh, we might have to slow down on all this because we're going to be like outgrowing all the clothes we brought and everything else. And I laughed and I said, well, I did order new clothes, but I had to order them like all my wardrobe I brought. I can't fit into anymore, but it's because I'm down, I think, 21 pounds. Wow. And I have not actively dieted. <laughs> I haven't actively said, I'm going to lose weight. Mm -hmm. It's just all of a sudden I was like, my belt actually, it came because the belt that I had, I went to the last loop and that was it. And I went, wait a minute, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to be able to keep up. What is happening? I'm eating all this food. And you know, we're, we're enjoying because I sit down for Sunday brunch and it's a three hour adventure. <laughs> you know, of just, and you just kind of graze and eat and talk and yeah, but still I, I, I lost weight, even more weight. When I got here, I was like, wow, without trying that same phenomenon can happen no matter where you live. 
with just implementing a few small things and, and doing and like your business name, which I absolutely love. I tell everybody about it. Do it the French way. You know, when I heard about your business and I signed up and you have the 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 booklet that you sent, the free booklet that you have for everybody, it's gold. It's gold because just that in itself, I was like, that's kind of everything that happened here. That's kind of explaining the changes that are happening with us when we're here. So it's and we hadn't planned on talking about weight and I'll, I'll yeah. but it's funny because this exact same thing happened to me 30 years ago really? without doing anything, just probably walking more, eating a little bit more healthy and not being obsessed about, yeah. about food and weight, 20 pounds. So exactly. And I remember I used to be, and listen, I'm, you know, I, I have my master's in health psychology. I do all my coaching around around disease and psychology and everything else. And at the same time, like you said, that obsession around weight and food, I, I always felt, I didn't feel comfortable. It's not about a number. It's about health and it's about how you feel. And when you said energy, that's everything. I lacked energy. I think that's why I needed to sleep so much. So it's not like a number that you want to hit on a scale. In fact, we went out and bought a scale. When I had the experience with the belt, I said, I'm just kind of curious. It was down 21 pounds. I was like, wow. And it was over a year. Remember, this is over a year span. This wasn't, you know, like a quick thing. I'm like, that's amazing. And it wasn't even about a number. It was about what you said. I have so much energy to go and explore and see and, and do things and be with people and join more groups and... As we come to, to the end here, yeah, I mean, you travel a lot. I know you love France. You come to Paris. So you don't live in Paris, but you come often. If you had a recommendation either in Paris or somewhere else in France for the listeners who, who love you know France and to come here, do you have a city, a restaurant, or what kind of recommendation would you tell people to go and see or visit? Yeah, You know, the obvious one, obviously, is Paris. I mean, it's in my heart. It's in my soul. There's something magic about Paris. And I Mm -hmm. tell people, it is a big city. It's like New York. It's what I tell my American friends. It's like New York. People in Paris are working and they're going places and they're doing things and they have deadlines and they want to get home because when work ends, it ends. So it's a fast city. So instead of paying attention to the people and what they're doing, when you get to Paris, look up and just look up. It is amazing what you see in the beauty and the buildings, of course, the art and whatnot. But there are two places, three, but mainly two that I think are are not misses. If you want the big city experience, but a slower pace and beauty, go to Bordeaux, takes my breath away. Just go when you're sitting by the river, there are these steps, just sit on steps and just gaze and people watch and take in everything. It's Bordeaux's beautiful and it's, it's a very unique city. And if you want to just have your mind blown, there are two places that I just feel that just, it made me come alive. One is Cassis. Okay. I've never seen anything like it in Mm. my life. And the other is Rocamador. Rocamador is like, if it were a busy day, people probably would have done the pile up on the street with me because we came around the corner and when I saw it, I just stopped driving. I love to drive. That's why I do other driving, but I just stopped driving. And I just went, I cannot take my eyes off of this. My husband's like, well, why don't you go park? <laughs> and then we could go walk through. There's such story and history and wonder. You know, people look at the pyramids in Egypt and there's wonderment how it was built. Rakamador, I have no idea. It literally is a city built into the side of a mountain. And I have no idea how that was done. Back in the right. Uh, well, what I'll do is I, in the show notes, I will link yes. the, the, so if everybody's listening, I have personally not been to either of those Bordeaux. Okay. I've spent a lot of time, but I haven't spent, um, I haven't been to either, or at least at Cassis, it's sh- sure. So I will link that in the show notes and I will also take you up on those, on, on visiting those So last two questions, anything that I haven't asked you that you would like to share with regards to, you know, your experience and, and lessons that, that people could learn from best practice here. And the second question is how, and where can we find you? Ah, okay. You know, Karen, I don't think there's anything that, that we haven't covered. 
as far as best practices and and taking from here and and my advice is just fall in love mm. with the French way of living and it's not because it's France it's the way of life so fall in love with it like research it listen to our podcast take the little steps to it and just fall in love with the French way because it really does change your life in in magical ways that you can't even dream up yet. So uh, where can you find me? That's really a good question because I've been kind of hidden. And I say that because honestly, I've done all my coaching for 16 years by word of mouth. I have now been encouraged. I'm, I'm developing a membership site. I'm on a mission that I want to reach 5,000 women within the next three years. To do that, I have to get out there on social media and, and everything else. You know, I'm I'm older than I look. I'm kind of proud to say it, <laughs> but I'm way beyond this tech age. So social media is new for me. I do have a Facebook page and I do have an Instagram. They just started. So everybody, please be gentle. <laughs> they just started. I'm trying my best and I'm learning it and I'm actually falling in love with it. Because for me, I'm learning it's a way to be able to talk to people that I normally wouldn't reach. So I don't know if you can put a link to that. Yes. No, definitely. No, I will definitely link all of those things so that it'll be in the show notes. I'm sure this people will want to reach out. And I would love to have another conversation. This has been great, you know, and to find people who are so passionate about France like I am, it's just such a, a beautiful conversation to have. And I'm sure the listeners, you know, there was just so many gems and learnings with what you said. So thank you so much, Lisa. Any kind of follow-up. If people have questions and reach out to you, Karen, just let me know and we can do that. And if they want to like my Facebook page, it's, it's Mission After Remission because that's where I'm going to introduce. I have some amazing, juicy little things like end of the year projects that you can do, introspective reflection things that you can do. And they all tie in to the message that you're sending here. Again, I would just en encourage anybody that hasn't downloaded your gift yet to do that because it's extraordinary. Thank um, you. Yeah. Thank you. This has been wonderful. And thank you also for, you know, the, the vote of confidence. Indeed, listeners, if you haven't downloaded it, please do so. And um, yeah, we'll be back in the future for another episode with Lisa. This was fabulous. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Karen. If you're loving this podcast, be sure to follow so that you don't miss any episodes. Au revoir et à bientôt.